Welcome to Her Reality. This is a safe space where I crack this conversation wide open with women from all walks of life about what it's like to be a woman in today's world. So stay tuned while we explore the ins and outs and the differences of each other's lives and we honor each other for who we are. I'm excited to be your host. My name is Maureen Casey and here's today's show. All right, everyone. So welcome back. I am so excited to introduce to you my friend Erica. We have known each other for, oh my gosh, probably three years now. We have been on quite a journey together. Um, And here we are today. So if you are new to Erica, which I'm sure many, many, many of you are, she is a certified sex coach and sexologist, and um, she's pretty badass. So we're going to hear her out today, and then I'm going to stick her with a doozy. So let's see what happens. Erica, can you go ahead and just kind of tell us about being a certified sex coach? Because one, I don't hear about that a lot, right? I hear about like intimacy coaches. I hear about like orgasm coaches, marriage coaches, all of those sort of things. And then what the heck is sexology? Because I'm thinking like stars and alignment and I have a soulmate sexual partner. Like what is this sexology? So you got to give us the details. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, thank you again for having me. And yes, it's been, I, yeah, we've known each other for quite a bit. As a matter of fact, you were the first business coach um, that I had hired when I was thinking about leaving my nine to five, which I was in the insurance industry. I was sick and tired of it. And I was trying to find a way to, you know, uh, yeah, leave my nine to five and just strictly become like, you know, a sex coach, right? And so I, um, I started my journey was basically becoming a sex toy consultant. And that's where I got a lot of my expertise when it came to the pleasure aspect of it. But then uh, this company also taught a lot of sexual health. And I just, I just loved the sexual health piece of it. You know, I wanted women, I want to learn about the women's reproductive system a lot more. And so I did the, you know, the whole, the whole sex toy stuff, whatever, doing home parties, you know, like um, video Facebook parties and stuff like that. And, um, I decided to stop it after about six, seven years, you know, I did go full time and, um, it was, it was basically to me what I consider like a stepping stone, uh, because I really wanted to just become more of a sex educator or sex coach. Um, and then it led me to become a sexologist. So, um, right now, uh, I'm pretty much a sex coach, a sex educator. The educator piece is where I go to schools and I pretty much do education training or education for, you know, elementary school, um, high schoolers, uh, young moms, you know, not-for-profit organizations. I do a lot of that. Of course, like each, you know, depending on the, on the age range, um, each lesson plan is different for, you know, what I'm teaching, right? So I'm not going to teach like like five-year-olds, six-year-olds about masturbation, right? So, or like pleasure of a sex toy. Um, so it just pretty much is 
depending on the on the uh, age range. And then uh, sexologist is someone who studies uh, human sexuality, like, you know, um, why certain people like certain things or um, the thing is that sex is a little complex and it's very different. You know, sex and, and pleasure looks different for everyone, which is the coolest thing um, when it comes to sex, right? Like what turns someone Absolutely. on may not be very, you know, ter- very pleasurable for someone else. So I just love how different it is for everyone. And so that's what sexology is. I study that. I read tons of books. I go to a lot of training. Um, so that's what I, that's what I pretty much do. Yeah. So one of the topics that I remember when I would go and do these sex toy parties, a lot of women, one, found that the, the sex toy stuff is still taboo. You know, even to this age, it's like, oh, I don't touch myself. Like, my, I got a man for that. And I'm like, I'm sorry, honey, but your man doesn't vibrate, you know? And you're wondering why you don't orgasm. Well, because the clitor is like, you know, when you're having sex, right, um, a lot of women, I want to say about 70 to 80% of women cannot have a vaginal orgasm, Right. It's only clitoral and it's during penetration. It's very hard for the clitoral part to get stimulated enough to have an orgasm. So that's where the vibrators come in, you know, and I would try to explain to them that one, it's not replacing your partner, right? It's just enhancing it because you also are allowed to have orgasms. Like it should not just be a one party thing. It should be a both party thing, right? So, but also, um, let me just say this. Mm-hmm. I think men need to understand, and maybe it's not a men thing. Like, no one taught them. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. but like, if it's good for us, it's good for them. Like, we're not replacing our partners, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I just I remember us having this conversation, you know, three years ago. We actually did a whole live stream series on this. Okay. And, I just remember it coming up so much, like you're saying, that's the thing, like you're not replacing him in any way. Like it's a totally, totally different thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just think it's so funny that like guys, like why, of course they want it. Like why would a woman think that he, uh, like a man wouldn't want that because it does feel better for him, you know, like it enhances him too. It enhances pleasure too, you know. Especially while there's penetration, you know, and we're talking about when there's like, you know, female, someone that identifies as a female and someone that identifies as a male, right? When they're having that intercourse, um, while, you know, your partner is having an orgasm and, you know, the penis is inside, like that is a different feeling in itself with the contraction and it, you know, makes it tighter on them and, just the expression of of her being pleasured like why wouldn't you want that right and it's just what what i keep telling everyone and even women is it's nothing that he is not doing it's just how we are built and that's what men or everyone in general right needs to understand about the the female vulva and vagina we are built that way and it's nothing that you can do right except at that enhancement of the clitoral vibrator, right? Um, There's some people that can, and that's okay. But for those that cannot, I don't want anybody feeling bad about it. There's a solution to it, which is go grab a little bullet, a little vibrator, put it on a clitoris while he has you doggy style, he or she, whatever, and then just get it on. Like, get your pleasure on, right? Get that orgasm if that's what you, you know, want to achieve. So it's just, uh, it just, I don't know why it has a, 
for me, I don't understand why it has a, a bad rep because I've always been a go masturbate because of the benefits. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, I think a lot of it has to do with us growing up, you know, mm-hmm. and how we're told that touching yourself is bad, right? Um, when it really isn't, you know, there's a way to talk to kids growing up about how it is very healthy to masturbate. It's just, it has to be done at a certain, in a certain place, right? Not in front of people, not in front of, so just, you know, alone. It's okay to explore because we do it anyway. You know, growing up, we do it anyway. Um, But it just, there's a stigma behind it because, I mean, what do you, why do you think, let me ask you, why do you think there's a stigma behind it? Well, (laughs) so this is actually kind of hard for me to answer. And the only reason I say that is because I've read books and I've done some research. And so I have some actual like education behind it. So I know some of uh, the history and the oppression of women that comes behind why the pleasure was actually taken away. But I'm also not one to sit here and be like, men are the devil, you know? Yeah. Um, and so knowing Sometimes what I know are. about history, I know that it was actually just a way to control us. Like it was just a manipulative dick move, right? Like the ultimate mm-hmm. dick move to the point where to show property, um, the clitoris would get cut off and there was no way to mm-hmm. ever have pleasure. I mean, it was just, it was this terrible thing. And I think it got to the point where it was like, don't draw attention, right? If I draw attention to it, then something bad will happen. Just like, I mean, mm-hmm. we do that with our bodies in general, right? Like, I can't have big hair because somebody's going to think something different to me, you know, and just, okay. For me, a personal example, I am an extremely curvy person, especially for my size, right? Like I'm this little Mm -hmm. white girl. I'm like barely five. I'm this like tiny little person. You would not expect me to be curvy. And I'm thin, like I'm a petite person. Like it's just, it's, it's just what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I never wanted attention drawn to me because it's different. It's, it's sexy as hell now that I understand, but I didn't. And growing up, my body wasn't something to be idolized, right? So I hid and I thought baggy clothes or dressing like a boy or wearing things that were oversized or only having Mm -hmm. t-shirts in my closet was the way to go. And I think that that Mm -hmm. is the same. And I mean, okay, maybe this is a stretch here, but I honestly do. I think it's the same line of stigma that masturbation comes from, or that it is not okay to be okay with yourself, right? It's not okay to pleasure yourself. It's not okay to be sexy. It's not okay to feel that power and to feel, Mm -hmm. because you feel that thing change in you, something inside Mm -hmm. of you, like it lights on fire and ignites. And now you're a woman in a whole new way. Um, and I think that's scary to the world. And I think for a lot of women, it's scary because they were Mm -hmm. not raised with powerful women, right? Because a lot of our mothers were raised with moms who came out of some type of oppression, right? Moms who weren't, um, weren't allowed to be sexy. They came from generations where they had to cover up and all of this stuff. And they were treated like they were just, if they, you know, they were just house maidens. They weren't mm-hmm. glorious women like we are today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I totally agree with that. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it was just stuff that's not talked about. I think, uh, growing up as well. 
And so uh, part of what I do as an educator is try to normalize, you know, masturbation and just try to normalize sexual health in general or just sex ed in general. Right. Um, but I just think that, uh, you know, that's one of the things that a lot of my clients would tell me was, I wish that we were taught growing up that female masturbation was okay and it was healthy and not something bad, you know, cause a lot of times religion, it was, you know, religion, religious people would tell you the same thing. You masturbate, that's a sin, blah, blah, blah. You know, and so my thing is, so why do we have areas that are extremely pleasurable for? Are they just there for decoration? Like, I, they're there to be used, right? We're sexual human beings, and these areas and parts are there for pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I just don't want anyone to feel shamed about masturbation, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a, it's a way that I consider to be like self, like self-help, you know, self-care, because it teaches you how to explore your body at your own pace, yeah. right? So, you know, you, you do it in many different ways, different techniques, you know, whether you want to use your hands, whether you want to use toys, um, whether you want to use other tools, you know, like I've seen, uh, I've seen articles on how uh, women just will take a bath and then she'll all of a sudden discover that the water falling from like the, what do they call that little fossil thing? Um, faucet the faucet, um, actually feels good. Right. And so they're like, Whoa, wait a minute. You know, this actually feels good. And they can finally have an orgasm that way. Or, or they discover like, wait, why did that feel so good? And my body just started to shake or just feeling a certain way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's what, that's what, uh, I recommend for masturbation. Again, it just gives you, uh, the ability to, just get to know your body and get to know yourself. Uh, not just also for pleasure, but another thing is to get to know what normal is for your body, what normal is for you, right? Because uh, you need to, when you explore or when you look at yourself, another thing that I tell my clients is, hey, grab a mirror, especially those that have vulva and vaginas, grab a mirror like and like sit where you can actually look at it, you know, and start like touching yourself to see what's, nor- what's normal. Only because when something abnormal appears, you know that it doesn't belong there, right? Mm-hmm. So you catch you catch things at an early stage, whether that's breast cancer or, you know, something in your vulva area, because there is vulva cancer, um, there is vaginal cancer. So, um, so that are those are some of the reasons why masturbation is just key uh, for pleasure and also for your own for your own health, right? So. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, one of the important things moving forward is opening up that conversation, right? Like if we're not talking about it, it's never going to get any better. And it was so funny because I actually reached out to you after a moment with Aaliyah. So we were laying Mm -hmm. in bed one night watching a movie, no big deal. She's like, mom, when I do this, it tickles. Why does it tickle? And I was like, okay, pause. Like, this is my mom moment. You know what I mean? Like, I come in for the win on this one. I could do things differently. You know, like Mm -hmm. I was, I was ready to be like the next generation mom. And so, yeah. So what did you say? How did you answer that? that? A second. Hold on. I'm not sure how to explain this. And I didn't because I was caught off guard. Like we were watching Disney. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyways, it was just one of those moments where it was very humbling and it made me think about it. Like, what do I want her to know, right? What what mm-hmm. I'm going to say next, that's going to start a conversation. That's going to shape some things. What do I want her to know? What do I want her to think? What do I want her first experiences, you know, do I really want her to have with this? And so after kind of clarifying that, I realized for me, I want her to feel safe. You know, I want it to feel like it's a safe topic. It is safe for her yeah. to talk to me about anything sexual related because I should know, right? If she's going through something and she needs me to take her somewhere or if there is something abnormal or whatever, right? Like I need mm-hmm. to know that that's my, pain, of course, you know, yes. um, or what, you know, whatever it is like that. I just yeah. feel like that was a great time to have those, to start that conversation, mm-hmm. to open the conversation. And so I didn't know what to say. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I totally panicked. Um, but basically, Everybody would. <laughs> I just told her, I was like, honey, God loves you so much. Are you ready for this? Because her Nana is on the other side of religion, right? So I was like, not in a bad way, actually. That's not true. And her Nana won't be involved in these conversations, I'm sure. So it's it was just, I'm just, it was a preset in my mind, okay? Everything yeah, to yeah. fight religion, I let her know. God loves her so much that he did it for her, right? So I was like, God loved you or loves you so much that he created all of these pleasure sensations all over your body, just like he created mm-hmm. the flowers so you could smell them, you know? And we went through all these different things that she oh, loved. Yes. And I was like, that's why when you bite into a chocolate dipped strawberry, your whole body lights up and you're excited, like, because that's her favorite food. And I, little oh, does she know how good, sensual good. that is. You know, and I'm like, baby, like he did that for you. And he gave you these pleasures, you know, these little sensations throughout your body too. So you know when it feels good when you're being tickled or sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it feels good by certain people. Sometimes it doesn't. Like he gives you that so you get to determine what you want and what you don't want. That's all it is. And if you don't like it, you say no and you move on. God gave you that right. Because I didn't know what else to say. And I yeah. didn't want to be the one like my mama said. And so right, right, in, right. in our house, God is I the end that. all be all. So I was, I was like, gonna say, God yeah, gave you yeah. the right, you know, God gave you the right to have pleasure. And God also gave you the right to say, this doesn't feel good. No, thank you. Yeah. I love that response. It's whatever is in your household that you all believe in. Um, you know, it's, it's just not saying like, oh, don't touch yourself there. Don't you ever do that. Right. You know, don't ever shame them. Um, because then again, here, here comes, it develops the, you know, uh, insecurities, the, I, my mom told me that was bad and believe it or not, that sticks in their head forever. And so therefore when they are in a relationship, they don't have a healthy sex life, you know, because they have that in back of their head. Like my mom always said, don't touch that. You know what I mean? Where, um, where we could just tell them that it's healthy, that it's a good pleasure. It's a good pleasure zone. And that, you know, there's times that are alone times, you know, that it's done. If you ever watch, if you, I think I did a live one time on, if you walk into your kid masturbating, what do you do? What do you say? Right. So the first thing was do not shame them, you know, and just talk about like, this is perfectly healthy or normal. A lot of people do it. You just have to do it in your room when nobody's around. However, you don't do this to anybody else. Right, because you don't want your kid going to school talking about my mom says it's healthy, and now all of a sudden, like something else happens in school. It's like, oh my god, no. you know, so it's the like, health ex- health sex health educator of the class, exactly like that sex every mom's mom nightmare, show, right? It's like, oh my god, what's who is in this class classroom, right? Um, 
but no, I feel like it's a great way, you know, that it's a great way that you've incorporated healthy, you know, like, like sexual pleasure in a healthy way. Right. So she'll remember that. Um, and also I think for children, I think it's really important that we talk to them about their body parts and name them and have them remember them as they are. Like, um, I don't like when people teach their kids the cookie because it is not the cookie. It is the vagina and the vulva, right? So the vulva is the exterior part. And then the, so I have my little puppet here. So this is like the vulva, right? And then the vagina is an internal organ inside. And so I think that when we speak about the proper terms, they are able to one, become more confident in the terms like, Hey, I know this, I know what this is. But also if something is happening to them that is not correct, then they know how to properly pinpoint the name of what's being touched. Right. So, um, so yeah, there, there was a story about uh, a little girl who was being molested or raped by an uncle. And she kept saying something about he, he licked my cookie or something like that. Right. And so he, she kept saying that. And so I think, I think that's how the story was. And, and I think, until her teacher caught on like well how is how is that happening like can you show me or can you tell me and then the girl starts the little girl starts describing about how he takes her clothes off and that's how they realize it but at first they let it go because like oh he you know it's the cookie you know or whatever so that's why we want to make sure that we teach our children and our kids um the proper terminology of body parts and then also consent that's for their own safety Mm -hmm. oh my god yes i mean i'm not here to start arguments but let's or or can we use something super obvious like super obvious you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna go ahead and throw my niece under the bus yeah as long as i can remember she's only three now okay but for as uh-huh. long as i can remember it's been a coochie like you yes. can't get that wrong when she walks up and she says oh, my yeah. coochie hurts you yep. know exactly mm-hmm. what she's talking about right exactly like food or other objects that's confusing and it's also confusing to the kid especially mm-hmm. when we don't think about it we use cookies as like prizes and things like that yes. And then we just yep. named something and now they're confused and now it's mm-hmm. like this horror story for them. And ugh, don't get me started on that. Yeah. That's right. You know, we are fighting. I live in Illinois. I, what, t- what, uh, city do you live in? Or what I'm state? down in Oklahoma. I live in Tulsa. Tulsa. Okay. So I live uh, in Illinois, uh, like Chicago kind of area, suburban area. And we, um, I work for Planned Parenthood actually. Like they hired me on as a sex educator and I've got a lot of, different types of training with them. Like my background is women's sexuality, women's reproductive health and sexuality. Mm-hmm. And they, um, they hired me on because of my background, but also it was great. Like it was a great job. It's a great job because I'm learning like the LGBTQ, you know, plus community. I'm learning how to talk to children, you know, whereas before it was just strictly women 18 and over. So I'm a little, well, more, a little well-rounded now in so many different topics, but, um, yeah, so it's like uh, it's just kind of like great to. I kind of lost my thought of where the heck I was going. Oh crap! <laughs> oh, okay. You get so excited. It's um, okay. But uh, but yeah, I mean it's oh so you know Illinois. So we're fighting for sex education to be part of requirement of the curriculum for you know specific grades. Obviously, the lesson plans will be different based on age, right, and grade. 
what I would be teaching a kindergartner would not be the same as a sixth, seventh grader. So mm-hmm. for me, like teaching ki- kindergartners about the proper body parts and what consent is, and a little bit about healthy relationships, you know, um, I think that'll get them at a good start. I think that it can possibly help with someone, something that's happening to children, you know, and unfortunately it happens in the household and with relatives. Yeah. And so I just want to be able to teach that so that it doesn't happen, you know, so, or if it is like, let's, let's nip it and let's get into, let's get to it right away. Mm. So, um, that is, uh, that's what, we're fighting for right now. Um, there's a lot of back and forth between it. I've heard a lot of parents that are against it and that I hear parents that are, you know, and so I'm like, let, let educators and let people who are fully trained do this for you as a parent. You know, sometimes it can be a little difficult and you don't know how to explain certain things. Right. Um, and so you don't want to scar your children and you don't want to use scare tactics either. So just let us educators who are trained, to do this for you, you know? Right. So we're hoping that it gets there. So well, we're hoping we'll it gets see. there all you over. You never know. Things are crazy these times. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> you never know how things are going to turn out. It is mm-hmm. incredible. But um, I mean, I hope I'm an advocate for it, whether it's in the mm-hmm. public school systems or not. You know, it's something that I want for my daughter, but mostly from a place of them as an empowered mom, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. much when it comes to the sex world. I'm not educated in it. I came from a house where it was okay to be sexual, but it was also still like shameful to be a woman. So it was very confusing, mm-hmm. you know, like it was very weird. Um, <laughs> I yeah. don't really know yeah. how to explain that one, but I want my, my daughter to feel comfortable in her own body. And mm-hmm. I want her to feel empowered. I remember times, um, even as early as elementary school, feeling uncomfortable and not knowing who to have those conversations with, not even know, you know, cause people are like, go to your mom. I didn't even know what to say to her. Like, how do you have a conversation when you don't even know what to say? You mm-hmm. know, it's hard as a child. And so my main focus is, can I help my daughter? Right. Like, can I have these conversations open? Can I continuously be having them? Can I be vigilant enough to understand that things are changing? She's at a certain age. We need to start having conversations. She's interested in bras. We got to have conversations. Like things are happening. Yeah, exactly. Things are happening. That's right. And it's good to kind of have like, uh, you know, like someone who who's trained to give you, give us all this advice, you know, like how to, how to, how to get into these conversations with your kids. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, there's some parents that are really open and are great at it, but some, some parents are like, Oh God, I don't even know where to start or am I saying the right yeah. thing? So, you know, um, but we'll see how it goes. I think that's uh, one of the things that I always tell my, pa- my, not my patients, but like my um, clients are female masturbation, like do it. There's nothing wrong with it. Like, this is how you get to know yourself. This is how you know where your pleasure zones are because we change as we grow and you may discover things that were that that were never there before right and so the only way to do that is for you to take your you time and and explore your body just because you're in a relationship or you're married it doesn't mean that you can't still do these things right um you know there's so many benefits to it besides just it creates you know confidence and self-love in yourself um, because it, you know, that's what happened to me personally. You know, I was, I had my daughter when I was 15, so I was a teen mom and, uh, I just knew sex was cool and, you know, it kind of felt good, but not to what I know 
now, you know? And so when I got divorced the first time, I made, this is my second marriage, but the first time I got divorced was when I really was able to learn about myself and how to use different toys. And I pretty much taught myself that. And I think that's what really geared me towards being a sex toy consultant, right? It was because like, oh my God, like this was so fucking great. I don't know if we can curse, sorry. Yeah, you're um, fine, you're fine. Oh my God, this just feels great. And I just remember feeling very confident, especially in the bedroom. And so my whole thing was, I want every woman to feel the same way. And how do you get there in my experience? And what I can advise is, is pretty much self-pleasure is mm-hmm. taking time for yourself and masturbating. You know, when my, when my daughter used to go with her dad and I had nothing else planned, I literally would turn on some porn, you know, get turned on, put on some cool music or whatever. And I pop out all my toys and I figure out which one I was in the mood for. If I didn't, I swap it for the other one. I mean, it was, it was like, you know, and I just became very confident in my sexuality and I loved it. Although um, many individuals that I would be involved with were insecure about it. You know, and so that was, a, that's, I'm like, dude, that's your problem. You know, uh, at one point before I became, before I became so self-confident, I thought if someone wasn't performing was because of me. Mm. And then after I, you know, discovered myself and I was like, oh man, like I can, I can do this. And this feels great. I would turn around and I'd be like, that's the you problem, honey. Let me pop my <laughs> toy out because I'm going to get it. You know, like you yeah. figure that out. And I think a lot of the times it was that they were insecure about and scared. Like, oh my God, this woman knows herself. She knows how to have her orgasm. She knows what she wants. She knows where to direct me. It was for some, it was something that was intimidating. Yeah. And I'm it like, is. well, that's a it's problem. It's very intimidating honey. because mm-hmm. all of those things overflow into every area of your life. You're now empowered in all the areas. It's easier for you to go make other dis- uh, decisions, mm-hmm. right? Like you know what you want in other areas because you internally, like you very really know what feels good and what doesn't. Yeah. So when you go to yeah. make a decision, it's like, wait, mm, that doesn't feel as good as I wanted to. No, thank mm-hmm. you. I'm going to go do this instead. Exactly. Or let me redirect you. you right. Know what I mean, because I always tell people, you know, like the clitoris is not a, a DJ booth. Like they just want to go in there and go all out, you know, like, hold on, relax. Like, let me just teach you what feels good for me. Uh, for me, it could be on the right for your previous partner. It could have been on the left. Right. So that's another thing too, that uh, I always say, like, um, and this is like my quote, like your orgasm orgasms are your responsibility. Okay. Mm-hmm. You should know how to orgasm, not have someone give them to you. Because what happens if that person disappears? You're not going to know how to orgasm by yourself. Like, you know, like, so your orgasms are your responsibilities, you know? And so it just, it just creates. And that's the empowering part though. I just want to interject. Like, is masturbation great? Like, should you be doing it? Yes. Is it lower sex? All the things. Absolutely. But the empowering part is when you realize that you can do it, that you mm-hmm. are the one giving yourself the orgasm. If it's always exactly. coming from someone else or an outside stimulus, if you will, you never mm-hmm. have that power. And so somebody has that control over you. You only get to feel mm-hmm. that good. You only get to have that invigoration during mm-hmm. that person's company. And that's not fair because like you're in the longest relationship you're ever going to be with. Like Right here. Forever. <laughs> you're both on your vaginas. Thank you. Like you're going to have to love yourself forever. And I'm sorry, but like, 
you know, sometimes you, a lot of times you need your alone time and you knowing how to take care of yourself and that masturbation is part of it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like I just recommend it to all my clients, even though I get a, oh my God, I don't, you know, I don't know. Every orgasm is different for every, every person. Right. And so, um, that's the cool part of it. It's, it's just different. And so, um, some of my tips and options are, you know, to try to get in the mood because it's, it could be hard for us women, us who identify as women, because our minds are just constantly going. Like you're thinking about dinner, you're thinking about, oh my God, I got to post this. I got to take the kids here. Right. If you, if you like, I recommend porn, honestly, like the porn industry has so many variety, right? So, um, if you're into certain things, it's there for you. If you like softer porn, it's there for you. Right. Something to help turn you on, right? A good, a good lubrication as well um, is what I recommend. And obviously, you know, different toys to uh, different toys, you know, whether it's external, which I mean, clitoral vibrators or try internal, you know, like a, a toy that vibrates that is that goes into the vagina. Right. Um, or you actually have a dual action vibrator that will hit the clitoris and also uh, the intra, the vaginal area. So uh, just explore, you know, you'll never know what you'll, what you'll like, you know, um, fantasize, you know, think about something that you've always wanted to do. Uh, women always fantasize whether they want to admit it or not about having sex with other women, you know? And so, oh yeah, really? that. oh yeah, women, but they won't admit it. There's a study hmm. out there. I, I can't remember percentages or whatnot, but as far as choosing porn, that's women, you know, uh, wanting to see other women in the porn industry. Um, and also that's that a big so huge fantasy. Funny. Mm -hmm. There was a discussion about that on TikTok. I know. Yes. I know. I know. I'm like a I gotta get a TikTok. Scene. I gotta get a TikTok because I had a one okay, so I here's a here's a bad part about being a sexologist and a sex educator, right? Is the fact that you put that on there and all of a sudden you start attracting the bad you just start attracting stupidness, you know, like yeah. and what I mean is like like foreigners, like people from India and like all of a sudden I did that at TikTok and I had all these like for all these men that were foreigners, my husband's like, Oh, hell no. He was not being <laughs> on TikTok talking about sex. I was like, But these are foreigners. Like, he's like, Yeah, but that's not the audience you want. You know, right. TikTok is supposed to be a little more fun, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll have to talk to him again about maybe like making it a fun thing, you know, like the lifestyle thing that I've been yeah. wanting to do, you know. Um, but yeah, that's the only bad part about it's just you, you say who you are, and oh my God, like either one, men are intimidated. Or they're like, oh my God, like she must be really good at getting blowjobs. And I'm like, no, I am not. I educate and I teach. It doesn't make me better than anybody else. You know, so, so yeah. So, um, so yeah, so it's just, uh, for me, I, again, masturbation is a healthy and satisfying thing to do. Um, and it leads to better communication with a partner as well. Like you can yeah. guide them to what feels good, what doesn't. And if they don't like it, then that's damage. That's a problem that they have. You know, that's another issue that they have. But, um, you know, most men, from what I hear, love a woman who's confident, especially in the bedroom. Oh, yeah. So, My husband thinks that's like the sexiest thing ever. <laughs> mm hmm Mm-hmm. I, you know what? I think I want to interview my husband one day with my podcast, which I'll be um, working on getting up and running soon. Thanks to you. <laughs> um, I want to interview him because I've asked him like what, what it was like with the first time we had sex um, and whether he was scared. And, you know, I just want to interview him. And I know he was a little scared because he, he says, you know, there's a, here's a woman who 
knows a lot about sex, like, will I be satisfying her? You know, and so that was something, again, that is intimidating. But for some, like, it's a challenge. Like, you know, we'll see. And I always say, like, listen, the first time someone has sex, that could be, that could be hard on both because you're still trying to get to know each other. You're still going to, it's still brand new, right? Mm-hmm. So I always say give it a second chance, a third chance. And I feel like sex is something that we can all learn. You know, we can always learn from each other, right? So, like, let's make it work here. So there's always a way. There is always a way. Luckily, you know, the first time we had sex, it was great. Uh, but it was more like me, like you and me, we're having sex right now. And he's like, okay. <laughs> he doesn't uh, understand. Yeah. you know. So or at least he did it then. I'm sure he gets it now. <laughs> yeah, he gets it now. Uh, and that's another thing like that I fight a lot about is just because, you know, women also have the right to want sex and ask for it. You know what I mean? Like it should not just be men. Um, why are we called a slut or a hoe or whatever when we want to be sexual or when we have multiple partners or when we want sex and enjoy it, you know, or when our sex drive is higher, you know, because there's a lot of women out there whose sex drive are higher than, you know, their partners. So there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's just a stigma behind that, which that could be a different topic as well. So yeah, uh, my recommendation is, to masturbate um if you have a partner you know sometimes you can use your partner to masturbate you know with each other watch each other masturbate that's another cool tip or just use your alone time to Mm. to get to know yourself and continue to check on your vulva and make sure that your vulva and your vagina are looking good still you know they're quite healthy so and orgasms i mean god that that just adds like you know more years to your life that gives you smile that gives you you know your endorphins or you're happy uh if you need to sleep it helps you with sleep it i mean it's just wonderful that's right that's right erica thank you so much for cracking this conversation open with us i know that this is such an uncomfortable i mean all of it sex partners talking about sex Mm -hmm. masturbation toys the whole thing can be very uncomfortable for so many people. So thank you for exploring this with us and allowing us just to have this conversation. And for everyone listening, just know that we're going to be in the Facebook group talking about all of it this week. We're going to be talking about Mm -hmm. women's health and we're going to be talking about sexuality and masturbating and just all of the things. So join us in the Facebook in the Facebook group, <laughs> make <laughs> sure that you are connected with Erica. Her IG is all about sexual education. So we'll get you connected with that. And you can mm-hmm. also check out her Facebook and kind of get close to her because she's starting her new lifestyle blog and she's going to be posting her podcast and she's got a whole bunch in store coming up. So you guys Yay. come on, get connected, and we will have a great conversation soon in the Facebook group. Erica, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Bye. See you Bye. next time.